So true. And do you tell them that you're a, a marketer and not a magician? Because <laughs> that's what I tell my people. So we can look at what's worked or what's working currently and have a reasonable estimation that something's going to hit a home run. But we never know that down to the last T, of course. And so I always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and I'm able to pivot when all of plan A doesn't work. Great. Let's pivot and try this other option. That's option B. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Gather podcast. I'm your host, Zeke, and this episode I have Leonard Steiner to speak about being the founder and CEO of Geek House. Get information about his company by clicking the link in the description below. I'd like to give a content warning for Instagram language users this episode. I hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. So first, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast and thank you for joining and give you the floor to introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you, Ezekiel. It's a pleasure to be here. So my name is Leonard Shiner. I'm the CEO and founder of a expert and law firm and service professional marketing agency called Geek House. I personally have worked with Fortune 500 companies, boutique professional firms, as well as industry experts for more than a decade. And I really help you to develop a memorable brand, bring in new demand for your products and services. And all of that is in the aim of scaling your client acquisition so that you can predictably grow the bottom line of your business. Some of our clients have achieved triple digit results. And I don't just mean 100%, I mean 300% growth uh, as a result of our working together, as well as others have achieved millions of dollars of new revenue from us working together. I like to think of myself as, as the puppeteer, right? Kind of behind the scenes as a creative and strategic partner with my clients so that we're able to grow and transform the business from where they are today to where they want to be. I earned my MBA from Pepperdine University in Southern California. And um, like I said, over a decade of experience within this type of niche, um, specifically law firms handling their branding, marketing, and really all of their growth operations. Nice. So let's break all that down. So I'll start with how is it working with like law firms, like different companies, or the different things that each one wants? that you have to kind of adjust to for them? Yeah, I think every business is unique in and of itself. So, you know, specifically talking about law firms, you can have a uh, personal injury firm and then have another personal injury firm and they're doing the same thing, but they're vastly different in what they need, who's running them, the personalities at play, and ultimately the path that they're going to chart to success is going to be different, right? They're still helping people who have been injured. But I say this to every single person, every single client, maybe they're they're not always clients because sometimes we're just consulting with them. But I share this with everyone that I come in contact with who's an expert, a thought leader. And and that is that there's a million ways to create a million dollars. And your path Look at someone who's done it and try to emulate that, right? Or, you know, success leaves clues. So we want to be aware of that. But um, what I'm really helping with is picking out what makes you unique and then actually positioning that as your superpower in the greater market. Got it. And how do you 
like get into like the experience to like help people like what kind of things did you learn to get you yeah there? well i know that i might look young <laughs> and thank you uh in advance but yeah i mean with a decade of experience in the industry i started off in-house as an intern so like you know it wasn't quite going to fetch coffee unless it was for myself but it was definitely on the ground level and so I actually think that that was a humbling approach to being able to grow my expertise in this area because it wasn't like I just came in and, and had a red carpet, you know, paving and plushing my way through. Uh, it was trial and error. And it was a lot of me rolling up my sleeves and grunt work into figuring out how I'm going to help you and figuring out how I'm going to help them and how are we going to, to get this forward. And so um, I really enjoy that part of my story because I think it cements my my expertise, but it also shares how how much of uh, of detail that I put into the work and the campaigns and the strategy that we're formulating for our clients. Nice. And like, how do you know like a strategy will work? Because I always wonder, like, with um, consultants and strategists, like, you could try something, but you never know what the result is, what people are going to, how people are going to react. It's so true. I do tell them that you're a, a marketer and not a magician. Because <laughs> that's what I tell my people. So we can look at what's worked or what's working currently and have a reasonable estimation that something's going to hit a home run. But we never know that down to the last T, of course. And so I always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. And I'm able to pivot when all of plan A doesn't work. Great. Let's pivot and try this other option that's option B, because I plan for everything to break. If you just go into a new campaign or a new business or you know a new growth cycle with the idea that we're going to try a lot of stuff and a lot of it's not going to work, but the things that are going to work are going to propel us forward, right? And part of my job as a marketing consultant, advisor, and an agency owner is being able to spot the patterns. So I know that across personal injury firms, keeping with the same example, I know certain things work and certain things don't, right? That's different than, you know, maybe a firm that's focused on helping business owners, right? But I can look at the trends and say, hmm, I'm seeing some patterns here. This is the route that we're going to take. Now, a firm that's based in the middle of Tennessee is going to take a different approach than a firm that's based in the middle of Manhattan. It just is the way that it is, but that's reasonable. So as long as you can explain this to your client and share with them, hey, this is our approach. These are some of the paths that we're looking at taking. They're much more able to digest the pivots because sometimes clients will see that as, as a failure, right? Or non-success. And often that can be the grounds for asking for refunds or wanting to cancel a contract or wanting to whatever. Right. And so part of my job is also setting those expectations. Hey, for the next 30 days, we're going to do testing. Don't expect to see this or this. But what you can expect is that and that. So that that's normally our approach. And clients usually like that pretty well. It's the honesty beforehand. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And what results happen, we're going to make the changes that the necessary changes. Yeah. I mean, you have to be honest, right? Like, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. But at the end of the day, do I think that I'm more qualified to be making the, these decisions than you are, Mr. or Mrs. Attorney, Mr. or Mrs. Doctor? 
Yes, probably, because this is all that I do, right? If you're busy in surgery, all of your hours and then client consult or patient consultations, and then now you're going to try to market your, you know, your plastic surgery practice. That's not your area of expertise. The same goes with lawyers. They went to law school. Law school doesn't teach you how to market. So it is not your fault. There's nothing that I do that places blame because, look, we don't know what we don't know. If I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to ask the sales consultant the questions that I need to know. Can it tow this? Can it take that? Right? Because I'm not the best person with that expertise. I'm going to rely on their expertise. So I think professionals and experts have a little bit of a hard time doing that because they're paid to be the expert. But I like to uh, leverage my expertise and attention to detail. And we usually come to a, a really good working relationship with that. So they understand I'm a professional. I understand they're a professional. And we really just have a great meeting of the minds when we collaborate. Got it. I just want to think like people, I guess a lot of people don't think about like lawyers needing marketing because they think of like, you just think about lawyers, like they go to school, they get clients and then they uh, court and reading all day. But like they have, there's a level of like, how do you get the clients? How do you, people know who you are? Yeah. So is the question, how no. do you go about it? Or I was just, some, I was just saying like an idea, like how people just don't, that's something people don't think about. Yeah. I mean, that's usually not something that is taught in a professional practice, right? Like in, in medical school, they don't teach you how to market. Maybe there's like one class about, you know, business practices or something like that, but it doesn't really go into how you run your, your business as a business, no matter what service you're offering. I mean, I know that when I went to business school, I left business school not knowing how to sell myself as a consultant. Like, hello, don't we go to business school to be consultants to some degree, right? Like, that's the goal of most people. It's like, I want to be a management consultant. I want to consult for, you know, the big three, or I want to go in-house at this other firm. Like, that's the theory when you're in business school or you're looking for a promotion to a director level or something of that sort, but it's always growth, right? And you're always selling yourself. And so it was a lot of theory, but I realized that my own schooling, which was business schooling, didn't even teach me how to market. So how could I, or how could any professional think that their program that was not business or marketing taught them that, right? So there's no blame. It's just, it is what it is. So let's come forward and put a plan together to get you where you want to be. And I, I'm a very big believer in, in what's not tracked is not measured is not improved. And so if we want to track things, we want to improve things. It could be something as simple as like, how many phone calls did you make? How many virtual coffees did you have? How many consultations did you take? When they didn't show up, did you follow up with them on a phone? Or did you follow up via email and take a passive approach? And right now, I think I just offended someone because they follow up by email and they don't think it's a passive approach. But my friend, I'm here to tell you, if you're following up by email and you're not following it up with a phone call, you're missing out on so much revenue that you could be obtaining because simply because you're not putting yourself in the right position to have that relationship, to build that connection and ultimately close that client. Yes. <laughs> I was like, take a second. Yes. I love it. <laughs> right.
So let's talk about you a little bit. So like what kind of got you into like just the marketing field in general before consulting and everything? Like why you chose business school? I knew that I wanted to go into businesses where it was not my subject matter expertise. So like you know, you pick up things. I picked up things from being in a law firm doing marketing, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, you know, I, I wanted to help medical practices without being a doctor. I wanted to help real estate agents, but not be a real estate agent. And so what I realized is that I needed to up-level my own vocabulary, my skills, my aptitude. I needed to learn new things and be in new rooms. And so I after I got my undergraduate, I went to get my master's because it, it was something that I wanted to further for myself. Um, I also knew that there was some level of um, validation with holding an MBA, which in marketing, we're not licensed, right? In law, you're barred. There's a license there. In real estate, you're licensed. In construction, you're licensed. In basically every uh, profession, when you're at a professional level, there's a license that you can get. And sometimes it's mandatory, like a bar license, or sometimes it's maybe not, right? Kind of like a like a financial license or the different certifications. But when I looked at what was going to position me, again, marketing for myself, in the best way possible, I didn't want to have um, just a, a bachelor's going into conversations with with experts and and those types of people. So I wanted to up-level myself so that I felt more on a peer level with those types of individuals. Now, I'm not saying that I couldn't have done it without that. I definitely could have. But I think that, you know, as a business owner, your business can only grow as much as you grow as a person. And so I'm very much so uh, conscious of that. And so whether it was traditional education, or even, you know, today, like I listen to affirmations in the morning. I love self-development, you know, self-help type books. Like, not that there's anything wrong, but it's like, let's just grow. Let's be a better person. And so I know that as I do that in my personal life, my business does as well. So mm-hmm. kind of a no-brainer for me to try to up-level in some way. Got it. It's, it's pretty much, how can I let people know that I know what I'm talking about? Like you need that. It's not like it doesn't like validate you, but it, it's like a, a easily easily recognized symbol for people to be like, "Hey, this is a person who knows what they're doing." Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're walking down the the cookie aisle at your grocery store, and like all the packaging looks the same, but then there's one like gold shiny package. What stands out, right? I want to stand out. All marketing is an effort to be seen. And so I want to stand out, not because like, hi, I need to be the center of the party, but I want to stand out because I know that if I don't stand out, I can't help that person that's looking for me because mm-hmm. they'll never find me. Got it. And go back to your 10 years, like what kind of things have changed over the last like 10 years as in a professional level? That was a student school at the time. So that's I think a, it's a awesome level. question. Yeah. So so much has changed in the 10 years, uh, in the past 10 years. So something that I think is really prevalent now that wasn't 10 years ago is video marketing. So now since we're post pandemic, everyone has 
a seemingly studio looking corner of their house, right? And that's pretty commonplace. There's there's a studio in about every house. And so that was new and legal is one of the industries that's a slow adopter, meaning like to technology, to new ways, to anything, right? It's government run in the sense that courts are often involved in in legal processes. And so that being government, they're they're not super innovative. And so the downstream effect of that is that the legal industry is not super innovative. And so in speaking with my clients, they all have the question, hey, can we do TikTok? Hey, I want to, you know, do you do TikTok? Can't we do this? I want to do this, right? So they're hooking on to what is now commonplace, right? The new platform, but they're really asking for something different, right? They're asking, can we do video? And that's what I'm hearing. And so just to tangent a bit, TikTok for attorneys, it's great, but maybe not the best first approach. So some of our clients who already have a good amount of flow and and their marketing budgets are pretty well balanced, we say, look, if you want to do TikTok, go for it, right? But I always caution that because I say, are we going to allocate money and time resources to TikTok? And maybe you're a personal injury attorney and you only help in one state or in one county. Well, what is it going to be good for you when you have 10,000 or 100,000 followers, but they're from around the globe? Now you have this big audience, but you can only help 2% of them, right? So why are we putting time and money there? Versus if you're like an immigration attorney, TikTok is freaking fantastic because your business is global. TikTok is global. The audience is global. You're not specified by state, right? Immigration is administrative law, so it plays in the federal realm. We're not limited. Okay, great. If you're an immigration attorney, fantastic. Let's discuss TikTok. If you're a personal injury attorney helping people in three counties, probably not the best use of our budget. I would rather take whatever budget you were allocating there and dump that into a higher converting channel because that's going to get you to a higher bottom line quicker. Um, Re-ask your question again. Oh, what has changed? Video. Yeah. So, um, so in the sense of do we want video as part of our marketing? Heck yes. We can build a relationship. People can get to know you. You and I now have a a better connection because I've seen your face on video and you've seen my face, right? If someone's listening to this right now and they're not watching audio, they know us, they know our feelings, they know how sincere I am, they know how curious you are because they've heard our voice. So audio is great, but video takes it that next step, uh, that next step more. And that is definitely something 10 years ago was not anywhere around something that was normal for businesses, let alone law firms. And now we're seeing it be more commonplace for law firms to have videos, whether that's informational videos, marketing videos, uh, video ads, any of that stuff. Yeah, I can see that how everybody it's like that balance of being a business, but then being like when you're on video, like a social media video, you have to be like an entertainment to entertain it to a certain extent. Yeah, like you're full going like making sketches and everything, but you have to like keep people engaged. I share with my clients, I'm like, when you were creating content, we want to look at two key things. We want you to be educational, because that's why people are going to stick around. They want to get facts, right? But then we also want to be um 
uh, entertaining, right? So I call it entertaining, educational edutainment, right? So we want to be entertained because if I was giving a lot of good information, which I hope I am right now, but if I was giving a lot of great information and just dropping bombs, like knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb, but I talk like this and I had no personality and I sounded like a wet sponge, no one would stick around, right? So we need our personality because that's entertaining. We want human connections, right? Why do we watch any of the housewives? Why do we watch any of the Bravo shows? Why do we watch any reality TV? Because we're curious by nature. So that's great. But we we really want to 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 capitalize on both of those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Before we continue, anything I, you want to talk about that I didn't ask that I might not remember to ask? Mm. Um, nothing specifically, but uh, Geek House, we are consistently producing master series, mm-hmm. master series is many master series, however, we'd like to phrase that. But we, uh, we are consistently producing um, online shows that we call master series is because it is a great way for us to educate and be in service to experts and attorneys and service professionals in a way that is not hard selling. I just, I don't hard sell. If it makes sense, then let's do it. But hard selling is not really my mode. And so this is a great way for um, not only Geek House as an agency to build relationships, and then some of those people eventually want to work with us, but it's, it's a great way to give back. And I have found that when I focus on my audience and just the audience at large of attorneys and law firm owners out there, I realize that when I get selfless, I'm not as concerned about the sales and inevitably more people want to work with me because I'm not so intended on, okay, I'm going to do this and I want to have so many sales as the outcome, right? This is a way for us. It's awareness for us. It's not our direct sales, our direct outreach, any of that. The way that we produce master series is a way for us to educate and then attract the right people to move themselves forward. So we always have those upcoming and we list them on our website, gogeekhouse.com. That's go geek, G-E-E-K, and then house, we spell a little bit differently. So we spell it H-A-U-S. So go geek house, go geek, H-A-U-S dot com. And from that website, uh, you might see something on there about an upcoming master series. And uh, we're, we're right now working on the Maximize Your Brand master series. And so that is where people can join for free and get lots of great information. Nice. Definitely videos are very helpful like we said earlier videos are very helpful definitely definitely (laughs) yeah it's a series of recorded interviews and sometimes we do them live sometimes we do them recorded and it's not just me but it's leading industry leading experts other people who have uh, really solidified their expertise with you know fortune 100 companies big law firms small law firms um and really just professional branding in a nutshell. So it should be a fun time. Cool. Um, two things that I was thinking about during the um, interview that like kind of related is like, think about like how lawyers, like there's like, I guess like marketing lawyers, like lawyers in this field. I wonder how like they 
their skills transition to like consulting and like lawyers in general, how like, because since there's more about persuasion and marketing is not like persuasion technically, but as a similar elements, how like when you speak to them, do things come up? Like you guys have like common like ideas or anything? As in like if the attorney is rendering legal advice to like marketing companies? I think I think like this the um, I'm thinking about like this, this the similar skills between like persuasion and like, in terms of being a lawyer that like, you have to persuade, you have to present mm. your evidence in a certain way, and then marketing is presenting yourself in a way for people to um view the people to view your services. Yeah, so I mean attorneys are definitely skilled in persuasion and that crosses over into sales skills or you know, solution selling type skills. Yes. I have worked um, with a few attorneys who do like um, brand deal, like they'll review brand deals and like marketing contracts and stuff. Usually it's between like a big brand collaborating with an influencer or a big brand collaborating with another big brand. And so their, their influencer contracts, their, um, you know, branding contracts, they might be a joint venture contract, but they're very much so in the in the weeds, if we could say, they're in the weeds as far as the legal liabilities, the considerations, as it pertains to this marketing thing that's going to happen, right? So say it's, you know, a big company and they're, they're going to hire a famous model. So they're going to be looking at it based on like, okay, well, what IP are we protecting? Who has copyrights? Um, does my client want to be liable for these bullet points of things? And and that's usually all legal focused, right? They're not strategizing about how those things are going to happen, right? That's the team of the company or the team of the model that's going to figure that out. So um, even with the attorneys that focus in brand deals and collaboration and like an advertising attorney, right? They still, I find, have a gap in their knowledge about, okay, this is what I do. I do brand collaboration legal advice, but how do I get brand collaboration clients? And so that's where I come in to fill that need for, for them as an attorney, as a law firm, and bridge that gap. I, I can't stress it enough that when attorneys do their own marketing, they can usually do a pretty good job. But if you have a professional who does attorney marketing day in, day out, across clients, Geek House has clients from California to New York to not Florida because it's a it's an interesting climate there as far as legal marketing. Um, but North Carolina, Seattle, like we're really touching all the four corners across the U.S. So we're a national agency, and it, it's different for for each one of them. But I've not found one who who can do better just on their own. Not yet, anyways. Got it. Uh, I think that's all the questions that I have. Um, any last thoughts before? If not, you can um, tell everybody where to find you. Awesome. Yeah, I think this has been a great interview. Thank you for inviting me on as a guest. For the listeners and viewers here of, of the show today, you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. You you can go and find me on there at Leonard Shiner. And uh, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, Shiner is S-C-H-E-I-N-E-R. Or as always, we are at our website, gogeekhouse.com. So go geek 
And then house, we spell H-A-U-S. So gogeekhouse.com. Again, thank you for joining the podcast. That brings another episode of the Let's Gather Podcast to a close. Again, you can follow me about Geek House by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I have Asher to speak about his experience as an electronic violinist. Hope you're there today, and I hope to see you there.